Hey, everybody. I'm Abby. I'm Kelsey. And this is a very special episode of Fairy Tale Fix that some of you have already heard and most of you have not. <laughs> we are very excited for you to hear it, though. We are very excited for you to hear it. Just as a quick reminder, Kelsey and I are on vacation mm-hmm. this month and next month. On the beach. Yeah, we're going the to the sun. beach. <laughs> throwing in throwing in that sunscreen. Very important. Yeah, always wear SPF. <laughs> At least F- SPF 30, friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ozone layer is melting away. And we don't we don't want skin cancer for our beautiful, beautiful friends. So this is going to be uh, the release of a Patreon episode while Kelsey and I go to the beach and probably try to locate a sea witch, mm-hmm. see what we can potentially trade to her to pull off a reverse little mermaid. Yep. We the dream. want some mermaid fins. Exactly. Luring sailors to their death. Oh, that's what I want. I want to read books, listen to great music, and lure sailors to their death. Yes, absolutely. Is that so bad for a vacation? <laughs> it sounds like the dream vacation. It's the dream vacation, so wish us luck. And in the meantime, what, what amazing stories do we have for them today, Kelsey? So we have one of our favorite Patreon episodes for you that we absolutely reference all the time. It is... John and his brothers, which is a fairy tale from what is what was it British Canada? Oh, French Canada. French Canada. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Justin, cut that out. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> and um it is absolutely like it sounds like a super boring tale that we never would have read it but this was our very first time doing a randomized reading. So Abby just randomly chose it and it turned out it was one of the absolute best fairy tales we have ever read. Mm-hmm. Up there with our boss ass dragon fairy tale. Uh, although uh, I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. It's up there with, it's up there with the wonderful shirt. It's up there with the yeah. toad bridegroom. Phenomenal. And it is paired with one of the worst fairy tales <laughs> that we've ever read, which we also did in a randomized reading mm-hmm. uh, that Kelsey found. So these two things are really juxtaposed very nicely next to each other of uh-huh. a really top tier story and garbage. Yep. And that one is Roland or Sweetheart Roland from the Brothers Grimm, which why was the story called Roland? You're about to find out why Kelsey and I ask that question every other episode. So definitely enjoy. And we will see you in August. Before we sign off, uh, real quick, just want to thank all of the people who make our Patreon episodes possible since this was originally a bonus episode on our private feed. So thank you very much for your generosity. Sarah, Hannah, Nick, Olivia, Melissa, Sonia, Ellie, Caroline, Jordan, Jeremy, Lisa, Maddie, Kaylee, Zach, Kelsey, Dami, Christopher, Jen, Julia, Adam, Noah, Ricky, Elizabeth, and Angel. Thank you all so much. We really appreciate you. Thank you. How many witches are there in the area that there's another (laughs) one that just like happens to live around there? And she's like, you're cute.
We're here again. Welcome <laughs> to our bonus content. Welcome to our Patreon exclusive episode. Just you for patrons. <laughs> you give us money and we give you this. A whole extra episode per month. Thank you. We hope it's worth it. <laughs> It's definitely worth it. I can hear I can hear them all uh, <laughs> crying out a resounding cheer that this is absolutely worth it to them. Oh yeah. Absolutely. We have a new patron to we welcome do. and thank Jeremy. Jeremy! Jeremy! Welcome to Fairy Tale Fix Patreon content. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks so much for joining. No, we really hope you enjoy the bonus episodes. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely are love you. We really appreciate it. Uh, Jeremy comes to us from our Discord, actually, where uh, they've been hanging out for a while. And, you know, I'm I'm so excited that you decided to actually, like, join our little fairy tale Fix Patreon. Yeah, uh, me too. Very flattering and super pleasing. And thank you very much. Even if you don't love Shrek. <laughs> I think he said that. In the did he say he doesn't like Shrek? <laughs> I think so. We forgive you if that's the case, Jeremy. I guess. <laughs> but uh, if you're a patron and you haven't been on our Discord yet, definitely check it out. Come talk to us if you want. Mm-hmm. No, no pressure. No so pressure. I was we noticing understand. we had one less patron than I thought we did. Oh. And I was like, oh, no, somebody left us. And they didn't leave us, but it was declined. And it was my husband. (laughs) I don't know what that means. For a second, I was about to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're like outing people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to out you if you you leave us. If your card declines or if... (laughs) Oh, what a fascinating way to find out information about the state of your finances. Is Adam's card getting declined? (laughs) Uh, I think it's because it's like one of those automatic things. And I don't really know how it works, but it made me laugh because we so did funny. have one. Because remember I told you, oh, I thought we had. No, maybe it was I was talking to Dustin um, and I was like, oh, I thought we had just one more than we do. And I was right. And <laughs> it's Adam. <laughs> Adam, get it together, man. Get it, Get it together. Come on. Come on. I wonder if I wonder if he listens to these episodes. I I know he tries to keep up with most of them. He's very busy. He he listens to them at work when it's slow, I think, which doesn't happen often. He has definitely listened to more of them than Stephen has. <laughs> Stephen has listened to one whole episode and I think like half of another. <laughs> <laughs> They're not for everyone and that's okay. That's okay. I forgive him. But <laughs> it made me laugh. Um <laughs> Yeah, so you're gonna get outed. Just just think about that before you leave us. Mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm totally kidding. <laughs> yeah. Like we wouldn't do that because I don't I don't really know what that means. Yeah, I'm assuming it's like the card was declined or something. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Questions for Adam later. <laughs> What's up with our checking account, buddy? <laughs> uh, did you use your Discover card for this? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's funny. We have a, a running joke that that's what you discover when, when you have discover is that nobody takes it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was funny. I actually thought I laughed that that made me laugh. <laughs> nobody takes discover, including Patreon, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> made me laugh and but yeah jeremy welcome thank you everyone thank you to all of our patrons we're so excited that you're here we have some great store well maybe we've got great stories we've got a really special episode for you today yeah who knows if they'll be great stories or not yeah so we had the fun idea last time we did a recording to do a blind reading so i don't even know what story i'm gonna do yet i don't know what it's gonna say <laughs> We're just going to react to it organically. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I think that'll be fun. I am very excited about it. Because, um, cause bl- yeah, blind reading, meaning that neither of us will know <laughs> the stories that we're doing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, because I'm a, I'm a dork and I already have these on hand, I'm going to roll <laughs> a uh, 20-sided die. And oh, yeah. the number that comes up on the die is the number of the story that I will read from either uh, a book of magic animals or a book of monsters. Amazing. Oh, both Bruce of those Sanders. sound so good. And I picked, I picked these two books because like, they're usually like each, each of these books tends to have like 10 stories in them. So it's perfect for rolling a 20 sided die on it. Anyway, um, I was going, I, my sister gave me a book of Welsh fairy tales that I was going to do instead for this episode. But then I was, I was flicking through the book a little bit and I was just thinking, I don't know how to pronounce any of these words. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to do it. It's such a complete disservice and try to do it blind without doing any research first. Uh, yeah. I was thinking about doing a story from East of the Sun, West of the Moon, but those. Mm-hmm. Stories are so old timey and the language is so strange. I decided against it. Yeah. I'm sticking with with my girl, Ruth Manning Sanders. She never steers me wrong. Mm. So here we go. Let's find out what story I'm going to be telling today. So excited. Roll my dice. Oh, sure. I roll in a I roll a fucking 19 when I'm not actually playing a TTRPG. <laughs> Good roll, Abby. Good roll. I only roll well when it doesn't matter <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, okay, so I decided that if it was any any number above a 10, then I would read from a book of magic animals. And the ninth story in a book of magic animals is John and his brothers, which is a folktale from French Canada, apparently, according to this. Cool. Do you want me to make predictions? Yeah, I mean, obviously. I, Do you I want you... to make predictions for your own story? Oh my god, I think I should. I think <laughs> I, I think I should, and I will. Okay, let's both make predictions. <laughs> oh, I just I opened the book, and there's a postcard in here from Chris. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Thank you for the book. I am enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The postcard has a couple of cats with the cactus, and it says "enjoy." I love it. Thank you, Chris. I'm enjoying it a lot. Somehow Chris knew we were crazy cat people. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, the somehow being he listens to a couple episodes of this podcast, and I think he <laughs> I think he discovered pretty quickly that we're crazy cat people. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. This is going to be interesting. I'm gonna have to look up the history of this story later and see what I can find. Cause like French Canada could mean a lot of different things. Um, uh-huh. 
time period wise. I, you know what? I don't think I'm actually allowed to make predictions about this because I just, I, I already flicked to the story and already saw an illustration. So I'm out. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean anything. You could get it wrong. And since bonus points don't like bonus episode points don't count. That's true. Who cares? I still want to hear your prediction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, do you, you go, go first? first? Okay. Remember, this is from a book of magic animals and it's called John and his brothers. I am going to guess that John is the youngest of his brothers. Okay. Which I feel like is super like that's got to be right. Yeah. Right. I, I, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think you, I think your odds of being right there are very high. Would be really fucking very high. Bad if it's not. <laughs> I am also going to guess his brothers turn into animals. Okay. And John has to, my, my third prediction is that John has to fix that they are animals. I love all of that. I love all of that so much. Now give me yours and show me the illustration. I want to see. Can't lie. I'll show, I'll show you when we get there in the story. Fine. I'm going to guess that the magic animal in question is a talking donkey. Oh, I love it. Because it's a story set in French Canada and the name of the protagonist seems to be John. Um, I'm going to say that this is probably like a colonizer type story in the same way that like the Paul Bunyan folk tales were colonizer type stories. This is going to be a taming the great white North kind of story. Interesting. And that is so specific. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too specific. Could you have gotten that from an illustration? I wonder. No, I don't think so. Okay, I, but that's okay. literally what I was thinking when I saw that the title of the story was John and his brothers and that it's a French Canadian story, which, you know, French French Canada obviously you know, like was yeah that's was interesting colonized by was colonized by the French mm-hmm. um and so if there's guys if there's guys named John running around doing doing magical stuff um one of John's brothers dies oh hot take hot take hot take hot take hot take we'll I see. love it okay well without far without further ado here is John and his brothers. Well, there was a poor man, a widower, and he had three sons. Antoine was the eldest. Andrew came next, and John was the youngest. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> bing, bing. Point for Kelsey. They were good lads, all three. Well, these three lads grew up, and the poor man, their father, died. So then Antoine said, Brothers, there is not much for us here. I will go out into the world and seek my fortune. So he got ready to set out, and before he went, he filled a glass with clear water, set it on the kitchen table, and said, Brothers, every day you must take a look at the water and the glass. And as long as the water remains clear, you will know that all is well with me. If the water turns muddy, you will know that I am in trouble, and then you, Andrew, must seek me out and aid me. But if the water turns black, you need not trouble yourselves about me anymore, because I shall be dead. So Antoine is a witch. (laughs) Antoine must be a witch <laughs> because that seems some like that seems like some super witchy shit to me it sure does so having said antoine took a loaf of black bread and a staff of blackthorn and set out and every day andrew and john look at the glass of water and for maybe a week or longer the water was clear as crystal but one morning john who had risen early came running to wake andrew crying out brother brother the water in the glass is turning muddy oh antoine must be in trouble And Andrew jumps out of bed, runs to the kitchen. There was the glass standing on the table. And even as he looked at it, the water became darker and darker and uh, (gasps) until it was pretty much black. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, he thinks to himself, oh, man, Antoine must be in deadly peril. Got to go help him. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do it. So Andrew snatches up a loaf of black bread and a staff of black thorn and sets out to look for Antoine. But before he went, he took another glass, filled it with clear water, set it on the kitchen table and uh, essentially tells John the exact same thing that if mm-hmm. uh, the water's clear, I'm fine. If the water turns black, you have to come rescue me. Guess he's going to save him. John's gonna have to save them all. <laughs> go, John. I, I, <laughs> go, John, go. He's a hero. I really like that they all have names. I think that's yeah. really sweet. Me too. And like real names, not like Paul Bunyan names. <laughs> Actually, I bet Ruth Manning Sanders gave them names. She probably did. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's just the coolest. She's the best. Andrew sets out. And every morning afterward, John looks at the two glasses and the water in Antoine's glass remains dark, but it never turns quite black. So John knows that he must still be alive. And for a week or so, the water in Andrew's glass stays clear as crystal. So John knows that all must be well with him. But one evening before going to bed, John looks at the glasses again and the water in Andrew's glass was whirling round and round as if someone was stirring it up with a spoon. And every moment, it was becoming darker and darker. This feels very Harry Potter-esque oh, to me. yeah. You know, you're not wrong. The Weasley family, because of that little clock they have. Like, yeah. No, I think you're right. That's a good, yes, absolutely. That's a good sense of it, I think. I love um, it. I love it. Of like the, except except this particular thing only has two modes. It's got, I'm doing fine or I'm in <laughs> mortal peril. And that's all you yeah. really need to know, right? <laughs> it's fine. That's those are the two states that you're the most like interested in. Are you fine or are you dying? Uh-huh. Everything else in between, like take some medication or go to therapy. Or also something. a staff of blackthorn. That's just so specific. It's so sorcery. Mm-hmm. Sor- sorcery. Sorcery. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. John. Didn't wait for morning when he saw that Andrew's water had turned muddy as well. He snatches up his loaf of black bread and another staff of blackthorn, and he hurries out along the road uh, that his brothers had taken. And walking fast, almost running, he covers many miles before sunrise. And he's meeting a great many people, for it was market day in a nearby town, and everyone he met, John asked the same question. Have you by chance seen a young fellow or maybe two young fellows wearing gray jerkins, each carrying a blackthorn staff like mine and walking this way? Nobody had, though. So he went, 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 walking straight on for many days, asking everyone he met for news of his brothers, getting no news, but saying to himself, no, they are not dead. They can't be dead. Someday I shall find them. So he's very um, optimistic. Yep. He's got to save them because they're animals. <laughs> Because they're probably animals somewhere. They got turned into something. Talking donkeys? Oh my gosh. How great would that be? Oh, I hope it's talking donkeys. (laughs) I don't think it's going to be though. So one day he overtakes a merry party of people, old and young, going along the road, laughing and singing. And he asks one of them the same question. Have you seen a young fellow or two young fellows walking this way wearing gray jerkins and carrying blackthorn staffs like mine? And, oh, no, they hadn't seen anyone like that. They told John that they had been at a wedding and they were now going back with the newly married pair to a little feast in their village. And they said, we are going your way. So come join us, join us, for it is well known that a stranger brings luck to the newlywed. Cool. Is it well known? 
I mean, maybe in, in French Canada. Maybe. <laughs> that sounds like a fun wedding tradition. Yeah, I, I really like that. I, I was just complaining to Dustin that like, I want to get invited to so many more weddings in which I'm not a participant of any kind. Yeah, like I just show up, I eat the food and I mm-hmm. drink at the open bar. And then like I give the couple a present and then I go, congratulations. And then I go home. <laughs> Basically, what we're saying is to all of our beautiful patrons, if you're getting married, <laughs> please we'll <come>. invite us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come. Absolutely. We're great wedding guests. Probably. I actually haven't I been to that I actually haven't weddings. been to one that I'm not in. <laughs> yeah, right? Same. I've, I've either been getting married or in, been in the wedding party. I don't think I've ever actually gotten to go as a guest. So I assume I'm a great wedding guest, but I actually don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know either. Anyway, Any, invite anyway, us and we'll find out. Point. We'll find <laughs> we'll out. Tell, we'll tell everybody at our table fairy tales. It'll be great. We'll be the life of the party, except not bigger than you. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Just if you're having a party, we'll probably come. <laughs> Basically, what we're saying is we want to be invited to more parties. Please take, please invite us to parties. That's what we want. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, John was very hungry for he had long ago eaten his loaf of bread to the last crumb and he had no money to buy another. So he says, sure, I'll crash this person's wedding. And he goes and he gets a good meal and he stood up with the rest to drink to the health of the bride and the bridegroom. And then he said he must be getting along. And the bridegroom said, before we part, we must give you a present which I didn't think that's how it works, but okay. All right. I think it's the other way around, but fine. And John answers like, oh, you can give me just some small thing. A good piece of cord will do nicely. And the groom says, a piece of cord? No, yeah. no you're joking. Yeah, same. That was my reaction. What? <laughs> really, that's, that's what you want? You don't like want some money or? I was thinking like, like a slice of like wedding cake or, you know, like, yeah, give me like some food for the road. <laughs> An extra glass of champagne. Like I don't know. The leftover catering. A piece of cord. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We've all got our priorities. This, this is a fairy tale and they make weird requests. So John says, indeed, I am not joking. I will fasten the cord round my waist in memory of all you kind people. And since Aww. he would take nothing else, John got his piece of cord, tied it around his waist, bade goodbye to the merry wedding party and walked on. John's a romantic. He's a romantic. That's really sweet. That's He's probably really going to get a princess by the end of this. Oh my gosh. I hope so. I mean, that's how these fairy tales usually That's go. usually how it goes. <laughs> He's going to find some pretty lady in the woods and like take her home with him. Or he goes out into the woods Wait. and becomes a witch. <laughs> or becomes a witch. <laughs> I want that. That's what I want. That one. <laughs> that's that my one, fix that one, for that every one. fairy tale ever, I think. Oh man, I'm like I'm a little anxious that I don't actually know this story. And anyway, <clears throat> this is so exciting. I really like this. Okay. So, John goes onward with his piece of cord. It was springtime and the birds were mating and building their nests and it seemed that human beings must have the same idea. For John hadn't been walking for many days when he overtook another merry wedding party. All right. John went willingly enough and filled himself up with good food and drink and again was asked to say what he would choose as a parting gift. Dude, he's the OG wedding crasher. Seriously. <laughs> I but really love it. It's good luck, I guess. Is he still looking for his brothers or is he just going out? I think he's just vibing at this <laughs> going. point. Yeah, he's just vibing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, I I like this much better than like the actual wedding crashers movie. I think he's a much preferable kind of like random wedding guest. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, he's such a good guest that the groom at this wedding once again asks what he wants as a parting gift. And John says, well, I would like this napkin. And the groom is like, what the fuck? Like a grubby little (laughs) soiled napkin. Does it say that in the book? (laughs) No, (laughs) that was me. That was my little ad lib there. That would make me so happy. I would I would fucking die if I saw that in a book. <laughs> what the what fuck? The fuck? <laughs> they try to convince him to take anything else but like a grubby soiled napkin. And John says, no, that's all he wants. So they give him the napkin and he wishes them joy and goes on his way. And he went, went, went asking everyone he met for news of his brothers, got none. And one day, did you ever, he overtook yet a third wedding party and walked on with them to share their wedding feast. The feast was in a barn for the people were humble people and the barn was lit up with candles. That's like super popular nowadays. Nowadays, that's what all the rich people do. (laughs) Exactly. Like now the bougiest possible wedding (laughs) is in a barn. Yep. If you want to have a wedding in a barn, it's going to cost thousands of dollars just to rent it thousands of dollars literally no for real like looking around like to find barn venues yeah but it has to be the right kind of barn like it has to be like one of those big rustic barns it can't oh, be yeah it's gotta have it, lights like the, all the string lights yeah it's got the pretty string lights and then like you put out like big wooden tables and i wish i had gotten married in a barn i looked at a few but literally they were thousands and thousands <laughs> of dollars <laughs> Well, but those barns probably didn't actually have, like, livestock actively living in them. Oh, yeah, no. Um, oh, my gosh. That would be so cute, though. All the cows. You, like, dress yeah. them up with flowers. Oh, my gosh. They're going to be the t- – is that where the do- the talking donkeys are going to be? Jesus. That would be amazing. I hope so. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, please. I don't know. You just reminded me that animals live in barns. Yeah, no, I know. Barns are not just rustic <laughs> wedding venues. <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> like, usually the purpose of a barn is to store, like, <laughs> is to store food and livestock. Oh, like a real barn. Like a real barn. <laughs> <laughs> Where there's hay and cows and, and loose like horses corn. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. Anyway, the feast was in a barn where the people were humble people and the barn was all lit up with candles. So when the feast was over and the bridegroom asked John to choose a parting gift, John took up a burnt down candle end and said, this is the gift I choose. He's so damn cute. He's sentimental in a way that I really like. Right? John seems great. Yeah. I I really like John. Me too. A candle end? What use was that to anyone? Oh, no. John must choose something else. But John wouldn't choose anything else. And after a lot of laughing and protesting, he got his candle end, wished the bride and bridegroom joy, and went on his way. Well, he went, went, went on a long, lonely road. He went for a week without meeting anyone. He slept under hedges and pulled up and ate a turnip or two from fields he passed. For surely no one would begrudge a poor, hungry fellow a turnip. And at the end of the week, as he was going along munching his turnip, he saw an old gray horse standing by the side of the road. (gasps) Damn it. I should have said horse. (laughs) And the old gray horse said, hello, John. Hello to you, said John. That's funny. You can speak and you know my name. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love that he is acknowledging. I know. The talking animal. (laughs) I love this story so far. He's actually going like, oh, a horse is talking to me. Well, you don't see that every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's this the is a Canadian story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. 
Of course I can speak, said the old gray horse, and I know you very well, John, so if you'll get up on my back, I'll ease your legs from walking. And they need easing, too, said John. Thank you very kindly. He's so polite to the talking horse, and he's not even trying to cut its head off. <laughs> For once, he's trying. He's once. not trying to actively kill the horse. Yeah. And he scrambled up on the horse's back. The old gray horse sets off at a brisk pace, and by and by, he says... John, I know you're looking for your brothers, and if you follow my advice, I promise you that you'll find them. For they are not dead, you can rest assured of that. But now listen to me carefully. Very soon we shall be coming to a castle where the witch maidens live. God damn, I love this story. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Wow, that is so fun. <laughs> I'm glad you picked this one. I'm glad me the too. fates. The fates. <laughs> The fates were the fates blessed us with a really fun. I mean, are there any? Is there any other kind in Ruth Manning Sanders' books? Though that's true. That's very true. They're all they're all pretty excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, this is great. Okay, so you shall be coming to the castle where the witch maidens live. They will invite you in to eat and drink with them. And of course, you are hungry, but do not eat, do not drink, or you will bitterly rue it. Are you going to take my advice, John? Let's predict right now whether or not we think John is going to take. The horse's advice. No. No, that's my <laughs> prediction too. <laughs> Why would he? Why would he? <laughs> These witch maidens are probably going to be pretty hot. I bet. Wait, no, sorry, I'm changing my prediction. Oh, really? Okay. Um, My prediction is that this is the fate that befell his brothers and they ate and drank when oh, they weren't yes. supposed to. And John is going to be able to resist them because the third brother is always the best brother. Correct. You're right. Yep. You're totally right. That's what's going to happen. Um, yeah. Are you going <laughs> to take my advice, John? Well, said John, you seem such a knowing old fellow that I expect I'd better. Oh, yeah. God. Always listen to the talking John. animals. John, you're the best. They went along and they went along and by and by they came to a great castle with a roof covered with gold tiles. And there, standing at the castle gate, were three most lovely witch maidens. Hmm. Oh, poor tired traveler, cried the witch maidens. Come into our castle and we will give you food and drink. Don't drink the fairy wine. Or Or do. Or the witch wine. (laughs) I don't think I can spare the time. Thank you kindly, said John. But the gray horse whispered, go in with them, John, but take nothing to eat and nothing to drink. So John slid off the horse's back and went into the castle with the witch maidens. The witch maidens brought him into a banqueting hall. In the hall, there were many other witch maidens sitting around a table where a feast was spread. And eat, dear John, they said. And drink, dear John, they said. Is this like a magic school? Like, is this just like the French Canadian Hogwarts? (laughs) But it's like an all-girls school? I think that would be cool. The one in France in the Harry Potter verse, right? Not in the books. Not in the book. Okay. Not in the book. It's a, it's a co-ed school in the books. Gosh. And I've read. They just made it weird and gendered in the movies. Six out of the seven of those books. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember it's, fucking anything. The fourth book is kind of a slog to get through. So, you know. But yeah, the movies made that weird and gendered. Uh, you know, not that J.K. Rowling didn't make a lot of stuff in those books weird and gendered. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But the movies are pretty bad. Anyway. <laughs> it's, it's very fairy-esque to me. Very, you know, don't drink the fairy wine. Don't drink the fairy wine. All of these beautiful witch maidens hanging out in their great hall. We haven't heard a lot of like witches living together, like an actual coven. It's usually just one lone witch. Yeah, yeah. It's usually one lonely old hag living out in the woods. So I really like this. (laughs) I do too. 
that it's a bunch of it's like a like yeah like you said like a full-on coven yeah that sounds way more fun i probably would have drank the wine <laughs> i mm-hmm. would have drank an eight too yeah but we're 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 like femme people so they'd probably take us in and let us be witch maidens too oh my god i hope so that'd be amazing <laughs> That's anyway dream it oh god literally that is the dream <laughs> Um. Anyway, they keep trying to get John to eat or drink, and John answers, Thank you, gentle maidens, but I have already dined. Then pledge us in a glass of wine, dear John, said the witch maidens. But John answered, Thank you, gentle maidens, but in the forest I passed by a fountain, and there I quenched my thirst. But just a drink to our good health, dear John, said the witch maidens. You can't refuse to do that. And they filled a glass with wine that sparkled ruby red and held it out to John. Now, now the vibes I'm getting are that scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail where <laughs> Galahad goes to Castle Anthrax and all of the nuns are like in there going on like, you must give us a good spanking <laughs> and oh spanking goodness. and spankings. <laughs> <laughs> this actually does sound like it would make a really great comedy. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Like I, this, this is the stuff that screwball comedies are made of. Mm hmm. You know, hold out a glass of wine to John, and he says, I wish you good health with all my heart, said John, but drink I cannot. They urge him and urge him, and until and still John says no, and no, and no, and at last those witch maidens become very angry, said he was an unmannerly boor, and that unmannerly boors must die. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> I mean, if somebody gets that mad about you not wanting to drink something, that's... A huge red flag, that right? That is a huge red flag. <laughs> that is like the ultimate. That's the only red flag. <laughs> Just it, yeah. run, John, it, run. <laughs> run, John, because they are absolutely trying to roofie you. Mm-hmm. Like 1,000%. And then they try to kill him because he doesn't want to drink the uh, wine. They drag him out to hang him from a tree in front of the castle gate. They had no cord. <laughs> Then they saw the cord that John had been given by the first wedding party in which he had tied round his waist. So they take that cord, they make a noose out of it, and they put John's head in the noose and hang him up and go away. That's but Wonder dark. Wonders, yeah, a little bit. Dark as fuck. And it's so casual. Like, it's just casually there. they just like, oh, well, they found, they took the cord off John's bell, they made a noose, and they hang him from the tree. Mm-hmm. No biggie. And then they leave. But wonder of wonders, the cord lengthened itself and lengthened itself until there was John standing on the ground and the old gray horse who was waiting outside the gate called out, quick, John, cut the cord. So John took the jackknife out of his pocket and cut the cord and laughed and said, what's next? (laughs) Another wonderful horse, by the way. Another wonderful horse. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I love these stories. Me too. So the gray horse says, go into the witch maiden's garden. In the garden, you will find a flower bed. And in the middle of the flower bed stands a tree. The tree has three branches. And on one branch grow three golden apples. Pick those apples and bring them here. But hurry, John, hurry. For if the witch maidens see you, you are lost. (gasps) So John goes to the garden, finds a tree with the three branches, the three golden apples. And he picked the apples and brought them out to the horse. And the horse says, good, John, good. That was well done. And now we will begin by destroying this castle and the wicked witch maidens. (laughs) (laughs) I love this horse's energy. Me too. (laughs) It's just like, fuck them up. I'm going to destroy it. Steal these apples and fuck them up. So is the horse one of his brothers? I'm beginning to suspect so. I I think so. This horse knows something. 
This horse is under a curse. It's got to be. It's got to be. This is my prediction. Antoine is dead. And that's Andrew was the other brother. Andrew was the other brother. Yeah. Antoine is dead. I, I agree. I Yes. I think one of them has to be dead. And this is Andrew. I think that's a really I, good prediction. I feel like that's unfairy tale like, but that's what I'm going with. For him not to save all three of his brothers. Yeah. Or all two of them. Yeah. My prediction, one of these witch maidens is actually going to be okay. And she's going to help him. Oh. And then that's the bride that he gets at the end of the story. Because actually <laughs> nice. there's got to be one. Got to, got to get, got to get married. That's a this is tale. really like I have no idea. This could go anywhere. I love this yeah. story. This has gone a lot of different places so far. This is fun. This is uh-huh. very, this is very fun, funky, fresh. <laughs> <laughs> so John's like, that's a great idea. I would love to destroy this castle, but how do we do that, my good horse? Throw one apple on the golden tiles of the castle roof, John. And John throws the apple on the golden roof, and. Boom, bang, boom, bang. The earth under the castle opens and down sinks the castle and all who were within it. Walls and windows, doors and chimneys, slowly, slowly sinking till only one last gleaming fragment of the tallest golden chimney could be seen. Next moment, that too disappeared and the earth closed over it. Holy. Wow. Yeah. I guess the witch maidens won't be helping out. (laughs) <laughs> there won't be a good because they're all probably dead now. I man, I really should have read that next paragraph. <laughs> no, I love it. It's so good. This is great. Okay. Um, the gray horse says, "Now we must ride for our lives." Up with you, John. <laughs> and John gets on the gray horse, and off they go, galloping away. But not all of the witch maidens had gone back into the castle after <gasps> they thought to have hung up our John. Oh, damn. Oh, shit. Some of them had gone picking berries in a nearby wood, and as John and the gray horse were galloping past this wood, the witch maiden spied them and, screaming with rage, rushed out of the woods in pursuit. <laughs> That's fair, because he did just kill all of their friends. Twists and turns. So many twists and turns <laughs> oh in this gosh. story. Jeez. The gray horse was going fast, but the witch maidens were going faster. They were fairly whizzing along, going so fast that their feet seemed scarcely to touch the ground. Yes, they were gaining on John and the horse. And now in front of John and the horse stretched a vast lake with no way over it and no way round it. Oh, me, called John. We are lost. (laughs) Not yet, John, said the gray horse. Throw an apple into the lake. And John did that. Oh. And uh, what happened, Kelsey? I mean, did it become... Land? Yes. Just- <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know what's happening the, at all. The lake, the lake disappeared, and there where it had been was a great plain covered with growing corn. Corn? Why not apples? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? Don't don't ask questions. <laughs> I I, I have I know exactly as much as you do. <laughs> for once it's so refreshing (laughs) over the plain and through the corn galloped john and the gray horse and over the plain and through the corn the witch maidens rushed to follow them but though the plain stretched wide and firm under the horse's hooves behind the horse the lake reformed wide as the world and deep as the pit and screaming and struggling the witch maidens sank down and down and down and the waters closed over their heads oh god Hurrah, says John. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> it's so dark. Wow. Wow, 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 this story. 
I mean, like the witch maidens, we don't even know if they really did anything with his brothers. And as far as he knows, all they did was offer them food and drink. Like, but they were so persistent about it. That's true. You You know, know they were guilty about something. They're trying to do something to him. All right, I guess. I just, I just, I'm such a villain sympathizer. I can't help it. I know. It's it's just who I am. But that's majorly suspect. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that it is hurrah yet," said the gray horse. On this journey, it seems that trouble must follow trouble. And the gray horse was right, for there was one witch maiden who had not run with her sisters out of the wood, but had lingered there to fill her basket. And even one witch maiden can make trouble enough in the world, heaven knows. (laughs) However, for the time, all went well. The gray horse and John crossed the plain in safety, and here before them was a broad high road that led to the city of a king. But, oh, my dear horse, said John, my stomach is crying out for food. Well, then, says the gray horse, we'll stop here. Off my back with you, John, and spread the little napkin you got from the second wedding party. And John says, what? You know about that? I know about many things, John, said the old gray horse. It's definitely one of his brothers. Like, I absolutely like he had this exact same story like a week ago. Mm hmm. I don't know. A little creepy, too. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I know a lot of things, John. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what? I'm not going to lie, though. I'm getting like Gandalf vibes off of him because it's like an old gray. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm just going to wise. It's got a lot of wisdom. Also a lot of sass. Really ambiguous. Just Mm -hmm. who just kind of knows things he shouldn't. As most horses do. As all horses do. John got down and sat down by the side of the road, took the napkin out of his pocket and spread it. And did you ever? There on the napkin was food and drink, good food and plenty of it, and a beaker full of wine. And beside the napkin stood a bucket full of water and a goodly pile of oats and bran. So he somehow got all these like magic items. Mm -hmm. I'm who knows how I think it's because he's so humble. You know, he didn't ask for much. So he got magic stuff. That's a nice moral. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Oh, ho, my horse, says John. Now we will make merry. So they ate and drank. And when they were satisfied, what was left of the food and the empty wine beaker and the water bucket all disappeared. So John folded up the napkin and put it back in his pocket. It's cute. I'm imagining. So like, you know how in the Sleeping Beauty cartoon, the Disney cartoon, like the prince and his horse are really cute together. Yeah. That's kind of the like what I'm imagining when they're like eating and drinking together, <laughs> especially just on a no drunk horse. That's really oh funny. Oh my to gosh, me. that's adorable. Oh yeah, I forgot that the horse in Sleeping Beauty gets a little tipsy. Yeah. Well, I don't think he. I don't know if he gets tipsy. I don't know. Disney horses just have a lot of personality. They that's do. something they do really well. Yeah, Anthrop- anthropomorphic horses are Disney's best thing. Yeah, this would make a great Disney movie. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, I would watch this movie so much. I wish that they had made this movie when we were kids. They would have to make it a little bit less dark at certain Not points. Not anyway. a lot. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> after the feast is over, they both go lay down and sleep. And in the morning, John spreads the napkin again, and they got a good breakfast. And after that, they rode on again, cheerily, cheerily, and came to the king's city and rode through the city to the gates of the king's palace. And in front of the gates, what did they see? A beautiful girl buried up to the neck in sand. <laughs> what? <laughs> you paused like I was supposed to know. Buried up to her neck in sand. Okay. That's 
That's a normal thing, right? That's totally a normal thing to see. Okay, okay. John runs up to her and he begins scooping up the sand with his two hands. But as soon as he <laughs> scoops up one handful, another handful takes its place. And dig as he might, the beautiful girl stays buried up to the neck. <laughs> Maybe she's like a psychopath. I don't know. He doesn't know. Why is he just automatically? He, just, he doesn't know her. <laughs> Maybe she's there for a reason. Oh, boy. Okay. So John is like, oh, no, what do we do? And the beautiful girl says, dear kind lad, there is nothing to be done. This is the witch maiden's work, and they are all powerful. So go your way, kind lad, and leave me to my fate. But, cried John, the witch maidens are all dead, drowned in deep waters. We saw it happen, my horse and I. Then a smile lit up the girl's face. And if she had been beautiful in her sorrow, she was beyond all things beautiful in her joy. Dead. Are they indeed dead? She cried that, oh, that I am free. And she rose up out of the sand as far as her ankles, but do what she would, she could not get her feet clear. She's like, oh, it's so it must be true. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The power of belief, right? Mm -hmm. But not enough to get her out of the sand completely. Oh, me, she cried. I am not free after all. It cannot be that all the witch maidens are dead. Whoever is dead and whoever is alive, shouted John, you shall not stay here. And he clasped his arms about her, gave her a mighty heave and lifted her clear. Maybe it is the power of belief. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe John's just really jacked. Super jacked. (laughs) Buff. Buff as hell, just buff. (laughs) (laughs) Then she shook the sand from her garments and stood before John, laughing and radiant. Now I will go to my father, the king, she said. Come again tomorrow and the king will reward you. I am not seeking a reward, said John. Nevertheless, you shall have it, said she, and went from him in through the palace gates. And it seemed to John that his heart went with her. She's so beautiful. Here's the illustration. I don't know if you can you see that. Oh, my God. (laughs) It is the horse and John and the fair maiden with her head head in the sand. sand. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. I also can't believe that, like, my brain interpreted glimpsing this as, like, there's probably a talking donkey. <laughs> and, like, how is that? Well, you only looked at it for a second, and then well, and you I didn't was... want to look at it again. So Exactly. So, you know. We'll uh, post the illustration in Patreon so you guys we, can check it out. I'll take a picture of it. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> it's wonderfully weird. Because John is also dressed like the Scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz a little bit, and it's just, <laughs> I don't love it. And they gave they gave the horse like a little scraggly old man goatee. I think that's cute. Is a really charming uh, addition. <laughs> anyway, speaking of the old gray horse, he's busy trying to get John to snap out of it. John, I think we are nearing our journey's end. Not so, said John. I still have to find my brothers. If you will do what I ask you, John, you shall find them tomorrow, said the horse. Then of course I will do what you ask, said John. Is that a promise, John? Yes, it's a promise, my horse. It's a little... This little so creepy. This horse is creepy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about this horse anymore. <laughs> horse is just like leading him to the witch maidens and like getting Jesus. John to destroy a castle and murder a bunch of people. And yeah, so far he's done this horse's bidding quite a bit. <laughs> hmm. That's also a little suspect. I'm really excited. That night, John and the gray horse slept in a nearby wood. And next morning, John, all eager, hurried back to the palace. But he found guards set at the gate, and the guards refused to let him in. They told him they had strict orders to admit no one. What's to be done now? said John to the old gray horse. There's much to be done, said the horse. You see yonder fig tree? Yes, I see it. Then take your last golden apple and throw it up into the tree. And John does that. 
And immediately a golden axe fell down from the tree for some reason. Cool. Cool. Pick up the axe, John, said the old gray horse. John picked it up. Is the edge of the axe sharp, John? Yes, it is very sharp, my horse. <laughs> then give it a swing, John, and cut off my head in one blow. God damn it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 Why? <laughs> We were just saying they wouldn't do this. <laughs> but but the horse is asking him to, so that's got to mean that's his brother. And as soon as he cuts it off, he's going to become his brother, right? <laughs> Why do fairy tale authors hate horses Why so do much? they do this? <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, all right. Fine. <laughs> you know what? I just wanted one. I wanted one story. I wanted one story where the talking horse keeps their head, but... Uh, <laughs> I can't have that. Okay. Uh, John says, no. He has a very similar reaction to the one we just had. The horse gives a stamp and his eyes flash with anger. What did you promise, John? Wasn't it to obey me in all things? Jeez. This horse has got control issues. For real. Yes, but oh, my dear horse. But the more John protested that he couldn't and wouldn't do it, the angrier grew the horse. He said he would gallop away out of John's life forever. He said that John would never find his brothers. He stamped and he scolded. He showed his teeth until at last, in desperation, to shut him the fuck up, John swung <laughs> the axe. <laughs> die, stupid horse, die. And chop, off flew the head. Oh me, what have I done? John shut his eyes and put his two hands before his face. He fell on his knees and wept. John. John. Look up, John. <laughs> Whose voices? His brother's voices. <gasps> yeah. And there indeed were his brothers, Antoine and Andrew, lifting him to his feet, hugging him, calling him by dear names and crying out, the old gray horse has kept his promise, John, for we were that old gray horse. Hell yeah. Both of them. They oh, were, they were it's like both the old gray horse, which like is like when you're in a horse costume. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking something along the lines of, like, they both merged and became the same person. <laughs> Briefly. No, one was the front and one was the back. One was the front one was the back, obviously. <laughs> then they told him how it had all happened. First, Antoine, in his travels, had come to the Witch Maiden's castle and eating and drinking with them had been put under a spell so that he could not leave them. Then Andrew, in search of Antoine, had come to the castle and was told that Antoine was inside. And so, all eager, he too had gone in. And found Antoine and feasted with the witch maidens. And so, as the brothers sat side by side, full of meat and drink and as happy as could be, the lovely laughing witch maidens had said, Would you like to see us work some magic? I mean, hell yes. That's what they say. <laughs> oh, yes, said Antoine. And oh, yes, said Andrew. And scarcely were the words out of their mouths before the witch maidens came crowding round them, touching them with their white hands and crooning such a magic sleepy song that they both fell asleep. And when they woke, ah me, now there was no Antoine. There was no Andrew, only a bony old gray horse. And the witch maidens took whips and drove the horse out of the castle to wander whither he would. I think it's two points for you at this point. I think it's three. It's three, actually. Oh, I got all of that you right. You nailed it. Boom. You nailed it. That's I was very excited. <laughs> I didn't get a single any of them, but it's fine. Yeah, no. 
nope. You were pretty off. <laughs> I was pretty off. I was going down. I was going to a different place. I wasn't expecting the story to be so like traditional. Uh-huh. Yeah. But here it is. Anyway. I was I was I was banking on that it would be traditional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should have predicted that there would be like every time you said something like, oh, they did this three times. I was like, oh, I should have predicted that it would happen in threes. Yep. Yeah, that's a good prediction. Like sock that one away. That was good. There's another one. This story is so bonkers. Good. <laughs> and honestly, I never would have picked it because this because the title is so Yeah, the title is super boring. Who cares about John? And his brothers. I'm going to let the, the dice gods decide more often which yeah, stories right? I read. The witch maidens drove the old nag out of the castle to wander whither he would. And I don't know how it came about, John, said Antoine, that we were changed into one shape and not into two. But it seemed that just as we fell asleep, we gripped each other by the hand. And since the witch maidens couldn't loose our hands because of the brotherliness between us, they had to change us both into one shape. Aww. That's so sweet. That's really sweet. That like their their bond as siblings mm-hmm. was too strong for the witch maidens to separate. I still love that it's like a horse costume. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like funny. Person horse costume. But I also but I also really like that because unlike a lot of like three brothers stories, like mm-hmm. all three of these brothers really love each other and they're yeah. not total dicks. That's something that I wasn't going to predict at all. Mm-hmm. Like these because brothers are actually pretty awesome. Th- that never happens. We're like all three brothers are lovely. So far, and you've got two and a half pages other. left, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> Who knows? Let's keep going. And so wandering in bitter despair for days and days, the old gray horse at last met with their brother, John, coming to seek them. And the rest, you know, John. But come now, we will all three go to the king's palace and tell our story. So they go to the palace, but the guard who stood at the gate draws his sword and says, what do you want? To see the king, whose daughter we saved, said John. What? You? said the guard. Yes, we, said John. And if you can't let us in without permission, then go and ask the king. And the guard goes off grumbling. He soon comes back and several more guards come with him. And then the guard sees John and Antoine and Andrew and drag them off and fling them into a den where the king kept wild beasts, lions and tigers and bears and wolves. Oh, oh, oh my. my. <laughs> Sorry. It's right there. The joke is right there. Well, well, that was something that shouldn't have happened and wouldn't have happened at all if the witch maidens had been drowned in the lake. But you will remember that one of them was not drowned because she had stayed behind in the wood to fill up her basket with berries. And it was this witch maiden who, following after John in a furious rage, came to the king's palace, disguised herself as a courtly dame, and told the king that she, and she alone, had lifted the princess out of the sand. The poor young princess couldn't deny it, because the witch maiden put yet another spell upon her, a spell that made her forget about John altogether. I would actually really love it if the story ended there. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That would be so great. <laughs> be so fucked. I was thinking that like the witch cast an illusion on herself to appear as John, and then the witch maiden marries the princess. Oh, which I like that too. I think would be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, deceptive and therefore inherently wrong, but also fun. <laughs> <laughs> and the king in his joy and gratitude said to the disguised witch maiden, for this, I will make you my queen. Ooh, okay. So it's kind of like that. Yeah. 
So now we have the palace a bustle with preparations for a grand wedding, the witch maiden triumphant, the princess in an unhappy days about everything that had happened, and John and his two brothers flung into a wild beast den. In that den, the lions were roaring, the tigers were spitting, the bears were growling, and the wolves were and the wolves were howling. Though outside, the sun had but just set, in the den it was already pitch dark. But John still had the candle end that he had been given by the third wedding party, and he took the candle end out of his pocket and lit it. And I tell you, the flame of that candle flared up and shone like the very sun. So great was its brilliance that the wild beasts, all amazed, fell silent and slunk into corners. And John laughed and said, Now the company shall dine. (laughs) That's cute. Priority number one. Yeah. Dinner. Can't fault it. So he spreads out his little napkin, got a splendid dinner for himself and his brothers. And what's more, he got a great dish of food for each of the animals because John is the fucking best. John is the absolute best. Yeah. John is my hero. I want him to be every fairy tale protagonist. Mm-hmm. So everyone eats until they're satisfied. And after that, they all lay down and take a nap. Oh, so cute. So day followed day, and it might have been worse. The candle end gave all the light they needed, and the napkin gave them food in abundance. The animals grew tame as dogs and fond of all three brothers, but fondest, of course, of John, who fed them. Mm -hmm. But the brothers became very bored, and often and often they made plans for escape. But the walls of the den were thick and strong. There seemed no way of breaking through them. And often and often, too, John thought of the lovely young princess and mourned to think that perhaps he would never see her again. Very sad. It is. I mean, now he's got a bunch of, like, lions and tigers and bears and wolves as friends. Um, friends. Yeah, and you talked to her for, like, two minutes, but. That's pretty cool. She was really, <laughs> really pretty. She was really, really pretty. <laughs> But never, John, is a long word. And if by chopping off the letter with which the word begins, we do not make it any shorter, we do at least make it more hopeful. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love when the narrator is like speaking to the protagonist. Me too. It's like, oh, John. (laughs) You silly. (laughs) You silly. (laughs) And John did see his princess again. And this is the way it came about. On a calm summer evening, one of the king's guardsmen was taking a stroll through the palace grounds, and he passed near to the wild beast's den. Now, though the sun had set, it was not yet dark in the grounds, but in the wild beast's den, it should, of course, have been blacker than black. So the guard sees, instead of, you know, pitch black darkness, that there mm-hmm. is instead a brilliant ray of light that shoots up through a grating, gilding here a tree and there a bush with a golden glow and rising in radiance even to the very clouds. Has nice. no one patrolled this area at night in the past, like, couple months? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. The guard, almost scared out of his wits, ran to tell the king. The king ordered out a company of soldiers, and putting himself at their head, for he was no coward, went to the den <laughs> and ordered the heavy trap door to be swung open. And what did the king see when he peered through the trap door? He saw John's lighted candle end balanced on a broken bucket, shooting out its brilliant rays in all directions. And he saw, gathered round the broken bucket, a merry company. John, Antoine, Andrew, lions, tigers, bears, wolves and all, seated at supper. And (laughs) such a supper, for each man and beast had the food he liked best. That does sound like really adorable. I wish there was an illustration of that. I know. I know. <laughs> missed opportunity. We got a stupid picture of the princess stuck in the sand, but not like 
this Daniel in the lion's den style. Everybody's alive and enjoying food with the wild beasts. Looks like a little fairy ring. They're all holding hands and like dancing. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) So the king, almost gibbering with astonishment, orders the three prisoners to be let out and listened without a word to John's long story of how it all happened. He called for the princess and she came. And when she saw John, the spell was lifted from her memory and she ran to him crying out, this is he who delivered me out of the earth. This is he whom I love. Oh, my dear, my dear, how could I have forgotten you? It was it was magic. So don't feel so bad. Yeah, it wasn't her fault. You were under a spell. Also, like, I don't know. I forget people that I've only spoken to for two minutes all the time. (laughs) Not if they save your life. I probably would still forget. And by saving your life, by being like. Oh, yeah. No, they're dead. And they're dead. And then you actually pull yourself out of the sand most of the way. (laughs) (laughs) But he delivered me from the sand. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. That's a really good point, too. I like her. She seems sweet. (laughs) She seems really sweet. (laughs) And like really generous with like the amount of credit that she gives people. (laughs) John is pretty great, though. So I mean, I honestly like they're they should get married. She really couldn't ask for a greater guy. Mm -hmm. That's just like the least exciting thing he's done the entire story. I know, I know, I know, I know. Like, won't be won't she be surprised when she hears the rest of this incredible story? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Best story ever. They all go back to the palace together. The king orders the witch maiden to be thrown to the wild beasts, and they had no scruple about tearing her up. Ha! Oh, it's scruple. They had no scruple about tearing her up. <laughs> yeah, that's me, pedantic as hell. And the king said, <laughs> I am a stupid old widower, but you, John, shall marry the princess and be my heir. That is, if you are willing, which, yeah, of course he is. Uh-huh, yeah. John was more than willing. It seemed to him as if he had left the earth and stepped right into heaven. But he said, before the wedding, there is one thing I should like to do if you, my king, will give me your gracious permission. And the king said, anything, anything. You shall do anything you like. So what did John do? He went to the wild beast den, opened the iron doors and said, now my beasts come out and follow me. And they came out, a great procession of them, the lions leading, and then the tigers, and then the bears, and then the wolves. And John led them away into a great forest. And there, as they gathered round him in a circle, he said, now, my beasts, you have your freedom. Live here and be happy, because I'm the fucking best ever. But don't you ever come back bothering the king's people. You're goddamn right. John is absolutely the fucking best. I look after literally everyone in my life and make sure that everyone is happy, well fed, and free because I am John, the fucking best ever. (laughs) (laughs) But don't you come back bothering the king's people. Come, give me your promise. And the oldest lion spoke up for all of them, saying, For your sake, John, we promise you are literally the best human. Oh, cute. <laughs> well, they kept their promise and ever after lived happily in the forest. And John and his two brothers lived happily in the palace. John married the princess and his two brothers married two ladies in waiting who were the princess's particular friends. And by and by, when the old king died, John became king and a good king he made because of course he did. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because he's the most generous ever. He's my king. <laughs> He's absolutely my king. John mm-hmm. is a king. So now, goodbye to you, John, for that's the end of the story. Damn! 
Wow. Holy crap. That was such a good story. That was such a good story. The dice gods really favored us this episode. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh my gosh. That was a banger. That might be one of my favorites that I've ever read. Like, yep. Yeah. That's up there. That was so good. (laughs) Uh, John was absolutely the best. Just Just the best guy. Just nice. Absolute king. Jeez. Wow. Okay. <laughs> How do we go on from there? <laughs> I was like, I don't think Kelsey's going to be able to top this one. That's pretty good. Definitely not. Oh, wow. That's perfect. And you also swept the points. Yes. I got swept three. Wow. What a great story. Um, yeah. That was awesome. That was absolutely amazing. Thank you. And you told it so beautifully. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm a happy camper. I'm going to be thinking about that one for a while. I'm going to probably going to I'm probably going to tell that story to a lot of to a lot of people. Like anyone who will listen. Like <laughs> Do you want to hear a fucking amazing story? It's not quite as good as the magic shirt, but it's amazing. Yeah, it was lacking one really important thing and that's a dragon. There was no dragon. I if if there had been a dragon, I might have changed my mind about what the perfect fairy tale is. Mhm. That's really well, no, close. The wonderful shirt is pretty awesome. Yeah, his maiden was okay. The maiden in the wonderful shirt was. Let's I mean, him. she's not she's not a ride or die bitch. So yeah, <laughs> she was just sort of like not honestly, kind of not giving herself enough credit. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Okay, fine. That's my one <laughs> fix for the story because I do remember the princess uh, not giving herself enough credit and also not having a name when everyone else has a name. But I love that the brothers got along and they all ended up like getting married and living together and were happy for each other and not trying to kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> or like abandon each other. I know. Like the bonds of brotherhood were like really strong here. So yeah. strong that, that the witches couldn't turn each of them into an animal. They could only merge them into the same being because their bond was so strong. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. That was very different. Yeah. Uh, Go French Canada. <laughs> yeah, go French Canada. That's a great story. We'll have to look up the origins of that one later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like kind of find out the I I mean, I don't know, like is is this is this kind of like an old French folktale that kind of got modified a little bit? Yeah, I'm interested. So curious. Loved it. I'm so glad that that story was nothing like what I was expecting. Mhm. Amazing. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, amazing. Perfect, wonderful. Huh. <sighs> God, that was, and it was wild. That was a wild ride. That was, I mean, so many twists and turns. (laughs) Every time we thought we knew what the story was about, it turned into something else. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It's your turn. Okay. I know the next one I'm going to get probably isn't going to be nearly as good, but. Who knows though? Yeah. You never know. I mean. You never know. It might be just as incredible. I didn't think the old woman in the wood was going to be as good as it was. And it was so good. (laughs) Maybe That was so weird. (laughs) So here's my beautiful Grimm's fairy tale book. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have you help me pick it. And because I don't do dice, oh, and it's not that I don't do dice. I just I don't have any. I don't want to do something different. I'm going to have you tell me when to stop. I'm going to like do that. Oh, I'm excited. All right. All okay. right. All right. And then we'll make sure it's a shorter one, though. Tell me to stop. Stop. <laughs> We landed on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go going to yes, get do one more. Yeah, that one's kind of long. We're going to go to the next one. This one is called Roland. 
which I would never pick in a million years. That gives me absolutely nothing. <laughs> and there are zero illustrations. Roland. Wow. Roland. No clue. Never would have picked that one. So no, uh, what, like we just re- we're just like our like the the tides of fate are just really favoring stories with <laughs> men's names, which are stories that we would never ever choose mm-hmm. ordinarily. Roland. Okay. Um, my predictions for Roland. Roland is not human. Okay. Yeah. Both. I just. Why is this so? <laughs> Roland, there's, Roland there's gives me nothing. absolutely nothing outside of like there is probably okay okay you know conversely this is going to be a prediction that contradicts my first prediction. Mm-hmm. Roland does not refer to a person. Oh okay, I think that's a terrible prediction. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have no idea. I'm assuming that's a name, but maybe it's the name of a city. Could or, be. You know? I have no idea. I yeah. Um, and then thirdly. Uh, Roland is not the main character. Okay. I'm going to make some predictions. Do it. There are zero, uh, zero illustrations on here. For you to misremember. <laughs> yep. I did see a certain word on the first sentence, but I'm not going to make my predictions around that because I have integrity. <laughs> and these points don't count. If these points don't count. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real one. So my guess is that I'm going to guess that Roland f- finds a fair maiden. Okay. I'm, ass- I'm assuming Roland's a man. That sounds like a. It does sound like a male name. name. So Roland finds a wife. No, I'm going to predict that there is a curse. Is it too vague? No, it's a- I think it's fine. Okay, okay. There's a curse. He finds a wife. And what do I want? I want this story to have. God, nothing's going to beat that last story. I want another horse with its head cut off. <laughs> At but this point, why? No, I kind of want it. <laughs> but why do you want it? That's terrible. <laughs> or a dead horse of some kind. I want a dead horse. Dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a safe bet at this point. Yes, it really is. <laughs> I'm surprised that the horse in the magic shirt makes it out alive. I know that is the only time that the horse really gets its due credit and the whole story honestly if it's not about the boss ass dragon it's about the wonderful horse mm-hmm. those are the two alternate names that we came mm-hmm. up with oh i want that horse and i want to okay. call him scarecrow anyway roland i love this i never would have picked it based on the name i am so excited all right tell me once upon a time there lived a real old witch who had two daughters one ugly and wicked whom she loved very much because she was her own child oh wait a minute you know what this sounds like like what it sounds like toads and diamonds <gasps> Ooh. okay well let's <laughs> it was let's the go same for one. it okay whom she loved very much because she was her own child, and the other was fair and good, whom she hated because she was her stepdaughter. Wow. I mean, it sounds like Toads and Diamonds, and it sounds like Cinderella, and it sounds like so many fairy tales because <laughs> okay, okay. that's, that's just kind of how a lot of them start. I was not expecting it to lead off with witches. Yeah, me either. I'm pleasantly surprised. Anything with witches is good. Uh, yes, absolutely. I wonder if one of the daughters is Roland. It's going to throw off my whole prediction. Okay. One day, the stepchild wore a very pretty apron, which so pleased the other that she had turned jealous and told her mother she must and would have that apron. Be quiet, my child, said she. You shall have it. Your sister has long deserved death. 
tonight when she is asleep. I will come and cut off her head. What but the take fuck? Care that you lie nearest the wall and push her quite to the side of the bed. This is already great. Oh, you want the apron, my beloved child? Well, I've always wanted to kill your sister anyway, so this seems as good a reason as any to finally get that done. At least somebody's getting their cut, their head cut off. Yeah, I mean, you know, that pleases. That should please you. Wow. Okay. Well, luckily, the poor maiden hid in a corner and heard this speech, or she would have been murdered. But all day long, she dared not go out of doors. And when bedtime came, she was forced to lie in the place fixed for her. But happily, the other sisters soon went to sleep, and she contrived to change places and get in quite close to the wall. At midnight, the old witch sneaked in, holding in her right hand an axe. While with her left, she felt for her intended victim, and then raising the axe in both her hands, she chopped off the head of her own daughter. (laughs) 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 What the fuck? This is a horror story. Oh, my God. And also, I'm sorry. Can you imagine telling this story to, like, children, like, right before bed? Yes. No. <laughs> I really can't. Oh my gosh. I mean, especially like oh my god. Anyway, anyway. That's on. why it's definitely like women turning butter or like sewing or mm-hmm. telling each other frightening stories. <gasps> I love it. Me too. As soon as she went away, the maiden got up and went to her sweetheart, who was called Roland. There we go. Hey. And knocked at his door. And when he came out, she said to him. Dearest Roland, we must flee at once. My stepmother would have killed me, but in the dark, she has murdered her own child. If day comes and she discovers what she has done, we are lost. Okay. But I advise you, said Roland, first to take away her magic wand. (laughs) Cool. She has a magic wand. (laughs) Or we cannot save ourselves if she should follow and catch us. The maiden stole away the wand and grabs her stepsister's head and dropped three drops of blood upon the ground. One before the bed, one in the kitchen, and one upon the step. <laughs> and this done, she hurried away with her lover. This is not Toads and Diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> nope. When the morning came and the old witch had dressed herself, she called her daughter and would have given her the apron. I forgot about the apron at this point. I forgot point. about the apron. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> but no one came. Where are you? She called. Here upon the step, answered one of the drops of blood. we're doing a bit of a visual bit right now which is unfortunate for anyone listening but kelsey and i are just staring at each other with our eyes just like huge huge eyeballs oh my god the hell so the old woman went out but seeing nobody on the step she called a second time where are you hi hi here in the kitchen i am warming myself replied the second drop of blood she went into the kitchen but could see nobody And once again, she cried, where are you? Ah, here I sleep in the bed, said the third drop. And she entered the room, but what a sight met her eyes. There lay her own child covered with blood, for she herself had cut off her head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm really excited to read this one in like the original fairy tale. Oh my god, I'm literally getting like goosebumps right now. That could just be because my air conditioner is blowing directly on me. (laughs) Or because there's blood magic and head chopping and... Also, why is this called Roland? (laughs) I 
But what does this have to do with Roland? That's what I was just Because thinking. the man is always the most important character. <laughs> Fucking A. Yeah, seriously. Okay. The old witch flew into a terrible passion, sprang out of the window and looking far and near, presently spied out her stepdaughter, who was hurrying away with Roland. That won't help you, she shouted. Were you as twice as far, you should not escape me. So saying, she drew on her boots in which she went an hour's walk with every stride. And before long, Ooh. she overtook the fugitives. She pissed. <laughs> overtook the fugitives. I want those boots. <laughs> I like that they're called the fugitives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the maiden, as soon as she saw the witch in sight, changed her dear Roland into a lake with a magic wand and herself into a duck who could swim upon its surface. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I love this magic wand. Yeah. It's a lot of family drama with the witches. Witch family drama. When the old witch arrived at the shore, she threw in breadcrumbs and tried all sorts of means to entice the duck. But it was... <laughs> I don't think that's gonna what? work. What? That might work with a with a regular duck. That's not a you know that's not a real duck, right? <laughs> but it was no use, and she was obliged to go away at evening without accomplishing her ends. While she was gone, the maiden took her natural form, and Roland also, and all night long till daybreak they traveled onwards. Then the maiden changed herself into a rose, which grew amid a very thorny hedge, and Roland became a fiddler. Soon after came up the old witch and said to him, Good player, may I break off your flower? Oh, yes, he replied, and I will accompany you with a tune. In great haste, she climbed up the bank and reached the flower, and as soon as she was in the hedge, he began to play. And whether she liked it or not, she was obliged to dance to the music, for it was a <laughs> bewitched tune. Yes. Roland Sorry. knows how to play it because he's dating a witch's daughter. Absolutely. Hell yes. Hell yeah. The quicker he played, the higher she was obliged to jump till the thorns to tore all the clothes off her body and scratched and wounded her so much that at last she fell down dead. <laughs> Where is the story going? I don't know. <laughs> is there more? There's still like a page and a half. Excellent. Maybe we'll finally get to the bit about why it's called Roland, if the witch isn't chasing them anymore. Then Roland, when he saw they were saved, said, now I will go to my father and arrange the wedding. Oh, okay. So. It's a love story. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess it's a love story. Yeah. Why not? Yes, said the maiden. And meanwhile, I will rest here and wait for your return. And that no one may know me, I will change myself into a red stone. I don't know why you have to change yourself if your crazy stepmom is dead, but... You neatly arranged for the death of your whole family, so there's no need to hide anymore. I mean, they were going to do the same to her, so I don't feel too bad. No, not at all. She did what she got to do, and she had the role model she had for how you deal with your problems. Yeah, right. But also, if she just turns herself into a red stone, why can't Roland just put her in his pocket? Maybe it's a really big stone. <laughs> Too big for Roland to carry. Poking all sorts of holes in your theories. <laughs> Roland went away and left her there. But when he reached the home, he fell into the snares laid for him by another maiden and forgot his true love, who wait. for a long time waited wait. his coming. What? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to process this. What? Every sentence is a new story. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I'm doing a lot of like nervous, like giggle talking. 
Because every sentence is a new story, as you say. Okay, so he was bewitched by another maiden and forgot all about Red Pebble, which, Mm -hmm. girl. All right. So his true love, you know, waited a long time. She was in sorrow and despair of ever seeing him again. And she changed herself into a beautiful flower and thought perhaps that someday someone might pluck her and carry her to his home. That is very sad. And get a life. (laughs) Get a life. She loves Roland. He's not coming back, and he was kind of meh to begin with. A day or two after a shepherd who was tending his flock in the field chanced to see the enchanted flower, and because it was so very beautiful, he broke it off and took it with him and laid it by his chest. From that day, everything prospered in that shepherd's house, and marvelous things happened. When he arose in the morning, he found all the work already done. The room was swept, the chairs and tables dusted, the fire lighted upon the hearth, and the water fetched. When he came home at noonday, the table was laid and a good meal prepared for him. He could not imagine how it was all done, for he could find nobody in his house. And when he returned, there was no place for anyone to conceal himself. So the good arrangements certainly pleased him well enough. But he became so anxious at last to know who it was that he went and asked the advice of this wise woman. Hmm. So now there's a wise old woman. Now there's a wise old woman. It doesn't say old, but I like to oh, okay. imagine that. A wise is. woman. Okay. All right. The woman said, there is some witchery in this business. <laughs> Listen one morning if you can hear anything moving in the room. And when you do and can see anything, be it what it will, throw a white napkin over it and the charm will be dispelled. Huh. Nice. I mean... She's not wrong. She's not wrong. I'm sure that's exactly what happens. But also, like, don't stop. Don't look a gift rose in the mouth. You know, <laughs> you don't have to do any chores. I know all your work is being done for you. Mm. Just chillax, bro. The shepherd did as he was bid, and the next morning, as day broke, he saw his chest open and the flower come out of it. He instantly sprang up and threw a white napkin over it, and immediately the spell was broken. And a beautiful maiden stood before him who acknowledged that she was the handmaiden who, as a flower, had put his house in order. And she told him her tale. And Uh. she pleased the shepherd so much that he asked her if she would marry him. Oh. Uh. (laughs) But she said no, for she would still keep true to her dear Roland, although he had left her. And nevertheless, she promised to still remain with the shepherd and see after his cottage. Why? I mean, give it time. The story is called Roland, but I feel like I don't know why. I don't know why this is called Roland. So meanwhile, the time had arrived for the celebration of Roland's wedding. And according to the old custom, it was proclaimed through all the country round that every maiden might assemble to sing the honor of the bridal pair. Is Roland marrying someone important? Like, it doesn't why say. Does that happen for every wedding? Do uh, Does everybody go and sing? Like everyone in the country shows up to everyone else's <laughs> wedding to sing? I Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm very confused, but all right, please uh please please do continue. Where is this going? <laughs> Twists and turns. So, When the poor girl heard this, she was so grieved that it seemed as if her heart would break, and she would not have gone to the wedding if others had not come and taken her with them. 
When it came her turn to sing, she stepped back till she was quite by herself. And as soon as she began, Roland jumped up, exclaiming, I know the voice. That is the true bride. No other will I have. All that he had hitherto forgotten and neglected to think of was suddenly brought back to his heart's remembrance, and he would not let her go again. And now the wedding of the faithful maiden to the dear Roland was celebrated with great magnificence, and their sorrows and troubles being over, happiness became their lot. The end. Buffering. <laughs> it was now John and his brothers. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> that, that was a story that is in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was a story... That was kind of nothing. That was <laughs> that. Wow. Um, and that's your punishment for getting such a great story. Before. I guess. I guess so. I mean, it, it started out with such promise. I agree. I was really disappointed, honestly. <laughs> I really liked the. I loved the beginning. Yeah, the beginning was dark as fuck and it was really wild. <laughs> it was really wild. Um, but. Wow, I have so many fixes for that story. I that my fixes for that story are without count. My fixes that that story wasn't in the book. <laughs> yeah, um, my fixes that story never got told. I did like the beginning though when they were cutting when they were trying to cut her head off. <laughs> I like the bit in the beginning with the heads getting <laughs> chopped off and the blood magic and the horrible old witch like hunting them down and they trick her into dying i don't know i did get two points roland did find a wife and there was a curse and you're right roland was not the main character yeah, I, there was no reason for that story to be called roland <laughs> outside of either. like well i mean also did you notice he's the only named character uh-huh yeah like but why because he's everybody the man. else is- <laughs> god fucking damn it grim brothers <laughs> how fucking dare you <laughs> Yeah, wow. Okay, so one point for me. Mm-hmm. Two two for you, for sure. Yay! For sure, for sure. I'm really um, nailing it today. You are. You're on fire today. <laughs> I went with pretty safe ones, though. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> that, let's just pretend that story didn't happen. That Dustin, happened. cut that whole episode out. Dustin, <laughs> just remove that completely. <laughs> that whole story was just... It was, it was wild at first, and then it, it just got... It's like the storyteller gave up halfway through... Yeah, on t- on continuing this wild yarn, and j- and then it just became like a story about how pathetic that girl was. <laughs> they realized they were late for something, and they're like trying to wrap it up. So like, uh, she becomes a rose. She cleans the shepherd's house, but doesn't want to marry him. And then she goes and she sings at Roland's wedding, and he recognizes her, and they get married. Uh, the end. <laughs> As for what happened to the girl that bewitched Roland in the first place. Uh, yeah nothing i don't know nothing (laughs) nothing it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) okay well okay that's gonna do it for us today (laughs) (laughs) should i just Just lead us out (laughs) (laughs) just do the outro that's gonna do it for us today so thank you so much for listening to fairy tale fix and thank you for being a patron. We absolutely love you. And we're so excited that you love the show. If you haven't yet, please remember to leave us a review on Apple or Stitcher. It encourages other people to listen and also share it with your friends and share it on your Facebook page and send us an email. Yep. And <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we just want to hear from you. 
you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at fairytalefixpod. And yeah, make sure to email us your favorite fairy tales and folklore and nursery rhymes or just anything you think is cool if you disagree with us on our fix or if Roland is your fairy, your favorite fairy tale. Yeah. Wow. Please let us know if that's <laughs> the case because I have some things to say to you. Let us know. And so the princess who does have a name, I'm sure, uh, was a little bit more self-actualized and didn't give John quite so much credit for lifting her out of the sand. But other than that, you know, everything was pretty great because she married literally the best guy on the planet. And whoever the storyteller was of Roland didn't give up halfway through (laughs) and (laughs) just made better storytelling decisions. And that's the story that got put into this Grimm's fairy tale book. And they all lived happily Happily ever ever after after the the end. end. (laughs) 